Welcome to This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. This is the podcast edition of this week's show. If you would like to watch the video of this week's show, head over to our website at twilighttv.org. To learn more about all the stories you hear in this episode, you can visit that same website, and we hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Avery Davidson. Thank you for joining us for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, the only TV show bringing Louisiana farmers and consumers together every week. My partner, Kristen Oaks-White, has the week off. The hot, dry weather is wearing on all of us in Louisiana, but none more so than farmers. On top of working out in this heat, the summer sun is draining the life from farm crops, including sugarcane and soybeans. As Twyla's Neil Malonso shows us, a combination of the weather and markets is making it tough for Louisiana agriculture. Adam Lemoyne isn't liking what he's seeing. While these soybeans look healthy and full of pods, it's the weather that's bothering him. If we stay in this heat, I think within the next three weeks, it'll look a lot like the ones, you know, that are, that are starting to really let go now, starting to really die out. Uh, so right now we're at the point it could go either way for a lot of this crop. This is Lemoyne's early season beans. Some have already shriveled and died. The shriveled soy is due to weeks without rain, and he says this is the future for all of his fields if he doesn't get rain soon. Well, the earliest stuff is really beginning to stress a whole lot uh, with the triple digit heat we've been having here the last several weeks with no rain, it's, uh, it's really starting to show up. The hot, dry weather was good for the corn harvest. At Viserian Grain in Letsworth, they're finishing a banner crop. Will Field says, though, for soybeans, significant yield loss has already taken place. 15 to 20 bushels per acre less than what we're anticip they were anticipating. Um, quality so far, very early on, has looked really good. Uh, it's just yields just I don't think are going to be there with this hot dry weather. The beans have not filled out. They're just getting really stressed. They're going to be small. They're just they're they, they're going to be smaller in size. So it's it's just going to be. I mean, it's going to be a fast bean harvest. On top of the weather concerns, the market has been unfriendly this year. The high input costs from last have hung around, while the premium for barge basis has fallen, according to Farm Bureau grain marketing specialist Greg Fox. Sith values are kind of low right now and so you're not seeing bases as strong so you can buy barges cheap right now um, and there's really not a whole lot of market out there for barges the export business is not uh, where it was at this point last year so you're seeing bases cheap meanwhile Lemoyne says he and farmers in his area are just trying to hang on for a rain if we get some rain here in the near future we may have a chance to uh, stay stay on track but um, I think if we continue with this kind of heat with no rain, it's, it's not going to look good at all. Prices for soybeans have dropped about 2 to $3 per bushel since last year, and corn has dropped a dollar or so. Now, while the black seed grain deal collapsing added some value to the markets, beneficial rains across the Midwest, plus an abundant South American crop, has put a lot of downward pressure on the markets. And Avery, one thing that's happened here recently is that the governor has declared a state of emergency for Louisiana due to the dry weather. Of course, the primary concern is wildfires, but that is going to have a big impact on our, our grains, and I think a lot of our farmers are going to be applying for their crop insurance, if not additional supplemental assistance for, uh, for their crops. I know later on in the show, Carl Wiggers is going to show us some of the crops that are affected by this drought as well, but you've been traveling the state just as well. What are you seeing when you go out there, Neil? Well, I think if you see in my package, Will Field talks about that 10 to 15 bushel per acre drop. And, 
you know, it does depend on whether it's dry land or irrigated, but um, with irrigated crops, they're spending that money on water and, and they haven't had any rains. So a lot of that is just being, you know, what, what they're going to gain in yields, a lot of that's going to be taken out in overhead. I think for a lot of these dry land stuff, I just don't see without a rain in the next week or so how they're going to make it. Well, we just got to keep praying. Thank you very much, Neil Malasson. Well, drought is not just affecting grain crops, sugarcane, timber, cattle. Every corner of the state is feeling the effects of a lack of rain. That's why Louisiana Farm Bureau is working to collect more information about how drought conditions are affecting your farm. An accurate drought monitor is key to understanding the severity of drought across the state. The Farm Bureau is asking you to collect photographs of the conditions on your farm with location information included to provide to the USDA. Examples of bare pastures, dry ponds, cracked soil, dead vegetation are all things to share. According to Louisiana Farm Bureau Commodity and Public Policy Director Madison Plaisance, this information is crucial for the Farm Bureau to advocate on behalf of its membership. So the U.S. Drought Monitor has several different pieces of criteria and data that go into producing and calculating it. Right now, one that farmers and members and Farm, farm Bureau ourselves can help on um, producing and kind of pushing towards the US, uh, USDA and U.S. Drought Monitor is the fact that we need firsthand experiences from our farmer. If you want your voice to be heard, which I know that there are so many of you that do, this is an extremely bad situation and we are here to help you guys. But what we need out of you are your firsthand experiences. We need pictures, descriptions, any type of explanation about what you're experiencing on your family farm is extremely important to us and we really need you guys to submit that to USDA. Um, on their website there is a video that explains how to submit any um, any kind of experience that you're having. Super easy to follow but that is our most important uh, call to action right now for you guys. Another important step is to reach out to your local FSA office as well as your LSU Ag Center research station to report your experiences there. You can find all of the information to share a report from your farm on our website at twilatv.org. The drought in Louisiana is getting the attention of members of Congress. Louisiana 4th District Congressman Mike Johnson met with farmers and ranchers in his district last week who shared their concerns about the disaster and their hopes for the 2023 Farm Bill. The warm welcome for Louisiana 4th District Congressman Mike Johnson contrasts with the harsh heat ranchers like Joey Register have experienced on the farm. We're extremely dry here. I've had less than uh, two-tenths inches of rain. August was today, August the 8th. And uh, going back to right after convention in June, I've had less than two-tenths inches of rain, repeatedly 100-degree-plus days uh, temperatures here. So I'm hoping that those those monitoring systems are really being taken in consideration. Register is referring to the U.S. Drought Monitor, a tool developed by meteorologists from three federal government agencies to track moisture. Caddo Parish rancher Marty Woldridge does not think it's accurate right now. Once you get below I-20, we're definitely seeing extreme drought situation. I know that they're calling it a moderate drought on the drought monitors and whatnot, but when you drive through this country and you see bare pastures, when we see ponds that are half full or dry or whatnot, uh, most of the state of Louisiana has experienced extreme dry conditions this year. At the DeSoto Extension Service Building in Grand Cane, Congressman Johnson heard those concerns along with others about the 2023 Farm Bill. He's hopeful Congress can get a new Farm Bill passed before the current one expires on September 30th. 
hopeful but not optimistic. We may wind up in a, in a short extension, but I think at least by the end of the year, we probably are able to get a new, a new farm bill done. This is important to the majority party in the House, the Republican Party, my party, uh, because we don't want to extend the last party's bill. So we'd like to get some of the policy changes implemented, and I, and I think some of those would be very positive for the country. So uh, as, as was said in the room here today, I think it was well put, from the big picture perspective for people who are not uh, you know, in the ag community to understand that our, our ag policy really is national security policy. It's, it's food security for the country. It, it puts us, um, it, it keeps us on, a, on a, a great spot as opposed to our adversarial nations. As you heard, the current Farm Bill expires on September 30th. You can learn more about Louisiana Farm Bureau's Farm Bill policies by visiting our website at twilatv.org. Johnson has been home while Congress is in recess, and he's not the only one meeting with constituents. In fact, now is the perfect time to meet with your representatives and senators to let them know your thoughts on the Farm Bill. Louisiana Farm Bureau National Affairs Coordinator Andy Brown says it's more important than ever to make your voice heard in getting effective legislation passed this year. Farm bill expires at the end of September, uh, so they do have some legislative days when they return, but if you don't have, you know, government funding and just the simple year-to-year uh, -year work that you have to do done, then it's really hard to get down in the weeds of a five-year, much larger farm bill package. So time is of the essence, but it's also really good timing because we're going to have them back home, much easier access to your elected official. So it's important, you know, to get out now, uh, find some places they're going to be, some town halls, and let them know it's time to get a farm bill done. To keep up with the latest on the farm bill and other issues, you can sign up for the Daily Voice e-newsletter. It goes out every weekday morning at 5 a.m. with the latest agricultural news. We'll link you to that subscription page on our website, twilatv.org. In South Louisiana, a lot of farmers are harvesting soybeans and preparing fields to plant sugarcane. That's the story in West Baton Rouge Parish for Sugar West Incorporated. Twyla's Carl Wiggers takes us to the dry fields of sugarcane and soybeans where one farmer is praying desperately for rain. Relentless drought and scorching temperatures are putting Louisiana farmers to the test. Heath Morris is a sugarcane and soybean farmer in West Baton Rouge. Like many years before, he is finding himself toe-to-toe -to -toe with Mother Nature yet again. So we had, we had extreme wet conditions during planting, and then when it turned dry, it's turned exceptionally dry. In South Louisiana, farmers like Morris typically have abundant rainfall to help their crops. This year, they have not been so fortunate. Morris is expecting his soybean crop to end up down about 15% from his crop last year all due to the lack of moisture. Uh, we have drought damage. We have definitely drought damage in the beans. Um, we've seen lower than the normal yields this year. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, the major thing right now is, is of course, the drought. You know, I mean, we had, we had some plants that, you know, the top, the top four or five pods at the top of the plant, there was nothing in them. You know, the pods were there, but there was nothing there. The crop looks great, but when you get out there, it's it's underperforming of what you would expect. Adding insult to injury is the sugarcane crop. Morris says while it is a very stable crop, this sugarcane needs more rain than it has received. Cane can take the short-term droughts, not like anything we're going through now. It can take the droughts. It can take the hurricanes. It can, year in and year out, cane crop is going to be a more stable crop than a grain, grain crop would be where 
you know, we could, uh, you could have a hurricane come in or a major flood come in and you lose the crop, you know, overnight. Morris says this dry weather is part of the gamble farmers take every year. Never really sure what adversity Mother Nature will bring. We're in control of about 20%. Good Lord takes care of the rest. You know, so it, if you're not faithful, it'll make you find your faith. Faith is important to Morris, and so is taking care of the workers who help him bring food to our tables. Equipment, we can fix it all day long. It's the people, it's our people. Man, it's been brutal. I mean, some days, I mean, it's two o'clock. You gotta shut it down. You just can't go anymore. You, you starting earlier, you know, and, and shutting down earlier just to kind of get a reprieve from the heat because it's, it's so dangerous. It's, I mean, at any given point in time, I mean, if somebody's feeling bad, you, gotta, you better get them out of the heat. And it, it's something not to take lightly. And it's hot every year, but I can't remember one being this hot. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's been a scorcher. In Port Allen, I'm Carl Wiggers for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. As it stands now, Morris is not especially optimistic about his sugarcane crop. However, he says a decent rain in the next few weeks will go a long way to put some moisture back into the ground and give his cane a much needed boost. According to local weather stations, there is a chance for some showers early next week. We're definitely praying for that. Still to come on Twyla, back to school means back off the farm. We'll have some fun with that in our Twyla boost. But first, Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain joins us in studio to discuss the challenges facing agriculture. Stay with us. My name's Cullen Kovac and I'm a director for Louisiana Land Bank, but I'm also a farmer and a rancher. You go to get a loan or something, you always have to go to a building or a bank. I don't have time to drop a whole day and get that done. Louisiana Land Bank, they come out to your place and do business on your farm. They don't have a nine to five. I called Louisiana Land Bank, they came out in their pickup truck and we signed the papers on the tailgate. If you're looking for land or a piece of equipment, call Louisiana Land Bank, they'll come to you. It's a well-known fact that here in Louisiana, sugarcane is more than just a crop. It's a way of life. It creates more than 16,000 jobs across the state and an additional $3 billion boost to our state's economy. And Louisiana's cane families always give back to the communities where we live, work, and play. Louisiana sugarcane, making life sweeter naturally. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. I'm a steward of the land. I am growing a better future. I am feeding the world. I'm making the world a better place. I am resilient. I'm essential, and I'm still farming. I am essential. I am still farming. I am resilient. I am essential. I am still farming. No matter what happens, we are still farming. I am Farm Bureau. 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 We are Farm Bureau. Thank you for 
for staying with us here on This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. We told you earlier on in the show just about how dry those conditions are. Joining me now is Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain, and you travel the state. You are a large animal vet, so you know exactly what these drought conditions mean for our farmers and ranchers. Yes, they do. If you look at where we're at right now, if you look at the crops, those that are not irrigated, I can tell you they are getting very dry and distressed. You've also seen the effect on livestock. I've talked to a lot of cattle farmers, and one of the big discussions by many of them is that they are now feeding hay, and in a lot of cases, hay that they don't have, and a number of cattle farmers will have to liquidate their herds because the stock farms are drying up and they have no pasture. And so right now, if you look at where we're at and you've looked at the drought monitor, you've talked about that, we do expect that on Thursday's report that will come out this Thursday and then the following Thursday, you will see a growing in the intensity of the drought. I think you're gonna see more in D3 and headed towards D4 across the state. Uh, late last week, I asked Governor John Bell uh, Edwards to have a secretarial declaration of disaster for a gubernatorial declaration so then we could get a secretarial declaration. He did that and for several reasons. One, that allows DOTD to issue uh, permission for special permits to haul hay. Today, we have the Louisiana National Guard that is at their air bases. They're on standby with Black Hawk helicopters and those buckets if they are needed. And then that's up to the local OEPs, the local emergency people, to make those requests. We have been fighting an exceptional number of fires yep. simultaneously, and some of them very large. And a number of those fires have been caused by carelessness, burning piles getting out of control. Secondly, a number of issues relating to the electrical grid. We investigate every fire. We follow up on every lead. We've already made some arrests, and more are coming. And the bottom line is, please don't violate the burn ban. Yep. Don't do that, because if you look, this is the hottest and driest that we have pretty much on record. And where we're at now, things can catch really easy. We also tell you, if you're out there working on a gate, working on your tractor, if you've got a grinder or whatever you're doing, be careful. Yeah. If you're the bailing sparks. hay, if, the sparks, if you're bailing hay, you need to have some fire extinguishers. Because if that bearing goes out and hay baler catches on fire, which has already happened in the last two weeks, you know, it could take four or five extinguishers to put out that hay baler. So you're saving the hay, you're saving the baler, you're saving the tractor. And of course, everything else you're doing, be very, very cognizant of that. So probably since Friday, we've probably have had 55 to 60 fires in less than a week. Wow. And sometimes we, you know, had 10 or 15 in a single day. So we've been very busy. Let's talk a little bit more about the drought monitor because we had a little earlier in the show, mm -hmm. uh, Louisiana Farm Bureau asking producers to submit their yes. information to USDA, to NOAA, so that they have updated information. What happened so to where the, drought, the, yeah, what happened with the drought monitor where we have the entire portion of North Louisiana shown as not being in a drought right it's now? It's not accurate, it's not correct. And so the way the drought monitor works, there's a different author, there are 11 authors and they're based, that's NOAA, and each one, each, they, it rotates from one to the other, but then they solicit input. They submit input from the state climatologists as well for, as from other people on the ground. All of that information is collated. So it, it, it depend, they look at the dryness of the first 10 to 12 inches of soil. They look at the amount of rainfall. They look at wind. They look at all these many things and photographs and other ground conditions to make a determination. And so when you start looking at a secretarial declaration for benefits, generally it's got to be eight weeks of D2 or anytime D3 and D4. What you've seen, we have eight parishes that have been declared primary and 10 parishes contiguous 
The majority of those are, in, are quote, in D2, and have been so for eight weeks. And then we have some that are in D3. I think you're going to see more parishes move into D3. So it's imperative that we get the information to NOAA so that NOAA can have an accurate, you know, drought map because a lot of things depend on that drought index. So it's very important that everybody, you know, do, you know, that needs to do their job, does their job, gets that information, and we are pushing very hard. We are working with, you know, all of our producers, asking them to send in data, and you can go to the drought monitor, and there's a site you can send information in. Also with the state climatologist, that is at LSU, to make sure that information is timely submitted, you know, to NOAA, and then that NOAA gets it submitted. We've been talking to NOAA directly, and also with Congressman Letlow's office, you know, we work very, very well together to make sure that all of this is moving in the right direction and that the ball doesn't get dropped. And so there's been a lot of discussion about those maps being inaccurate, and I can tell you they are, they are not accurate. And this is the second year in which this that has happened. This is the second year where that has happened. And what happens is that if it's not accurate, well, then bottom line is our farmers do not get the ability to participate in programs that they are entitled to. So what does that disaster declaration do, not just for our farmers, but for your office in terms of what you have to start doing? For the farmers, it allows loans, low, low interest farm loans, but also that's what triggers the Livestock Indemnity Program, the LIP, the ELAP, Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybee, and Finfish, fin as well as the Livestock Forage Program, LFP. And so those are the three main programs that are in the Farm Bill that can bring immediate assistance to our farmers. So what it's done is try to help them compensate for the increased cost of feed. You know, it's basically about feed and hay and that sort of thing. But again, as we look forward, then when we do have to have, say, an ad hoc additional assistance, that information is there to show, you know, how long we were in drought and what, and what the conditions are. Now, LSU Ag Center has already sent out a preliminary discussion of the current conditions and the cost. So that report has filed. It's on my desk, and I think that's Dr. Yidry has sent that out. And we will get more of that as we move forward so that we can have a proper information to send to the USDA and to our federal delegation. Because outside of the Farm Bill, then to get additional assistance, it has to be a special appropriation, generally in one of the funding bills uh, that in Washington, D.C. And we've gone for ad hoc disaster assistance a number of times, oh, Commissioner. Since, since the whole time I've been in office, 15 years, because really the disaster provisions of the Farm Bill, they are written, but they are never properly funded because if they put the money in that is spent on disasters, when you add these ad hoc bills, then it wouldn't meet the CBO, the, the index they have to follow. It's, it's crazy, right? So you have disaster programs, and they're on paper, and they are minimally, minimally funded. For instance, the Livestock Indemnity Program is generally funded at $20 million a year for the entire United States. So, and that's just a small fraction of what actually is needed or is, or is eventually paid out. But these ad hoc programs generally on fast track is one to two years out because they have to get a special bill. They generally attach it to a, a CR. That CR is a continuing resolution and it's often when the federal government now has run out of budget authority on a, you know, on a fiscal year on a budget because they don't pass a yearly budget. They run by CRs and you have to get it in a CR so you can pass it to get assistance back. Well, Commissioner Strain, we appreciate you fighting for our farmers and ranchers. And also, congratulations Thank on the fifth term of Thank you. running it's hard unopposed. To, it's hard to believe that you and I were talking about when I ran the first time, 
and that was 16 that, years ago. Uh, I wasn't going to bring up the amount yes, of time, Commissioner. 16 years you know, ago, yes. You know, but we, but we both look exactly the same. Absolutely, uh, I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> We're getting younger every day. Absolutely, Commissioner. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so very much. Stay with us here on Twyla. Coming up after the break, what does the first day of school mean on the farm? Stay with us. In our state, the Louisiana Forestry Association promotes sustainable forestry to create clean air, clean water, and a thriving habitat for wildlife. That's why Louisiana has more forests today than 100 years ago. Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you. I don't remember how it started. Not today. Our back and forth. It always came back. Dad! You probably don't remember what you told me. That was perfect. But I heard every word. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whatever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look, listen, live. There's so many rewards in life. You coming into our home was one of the greatest rewards we could have ever had. You know, it took 20 years and I got my third child who was 17 at the time. It's so cool to watch the adult that you've become and you really have done as much for us as you think we've done for you. officially back in session, at least for students across Louisiana. And while that has some parents, like me, rather happy, that is not necessarily the case for farm families. On many farms, kids play a vital role in the operation. In today's Twyla Boost, we bring you some farm kid clips that are sure to make you smile. Caught up in the country, the only way I want to be, somewhere where the road ends, out there where the creek bends, that's where you can find touch my truck hey. Don't touch my truck That's what is good old boys Gonna go out working on Working on
always something to learn on the farm, right? Well, that does it for this edition of Twyla. Be sure to join us next week when we'll take you along for a hog hunt and show you the damage these feral creatures are doing in rural Louisiana. Until then, you can watch all of our stories online at twylatv.org. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all of these stories and more on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, turn on notifications. That way you know when we put something new out there. For all of us here at Twyla, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again right here next week. If you would like to watch the video form of this episode of Twyla, head over to our website at twylatv.org. You can also find all the information related to all the different stories in this episode at that website. Again, that's twylatv.org. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show.